It's Inappropriate Characters. Hello, this is the RPG Pundit, the final boss in Internet Shitlords. And I'm here with my partners, Venger and Grim Jim, where we're going to be talking about all of the controversies you can imagine that have come up in the last week or so in uh, the RPG world. But we're starting with the really big one, which is Gen Con. Now, everybody expected that if there was going to be a controversy in Gen Con, it would probably have had something to do with either Anita Sarkeesian being the guest speaker there or with Jim Raggy and the Lamentations crew and, uh, you know, the Ennies and things like that. But none of those things were news compared to the really big thing that happened, which was Jeremy Hambly, the a.k.a. the quartering um, YouTube um, talk guy and uh, Magic the Gathering legend, pretty much, um, got himself violently physically assaulted by a guy named Matt Loter, um, a.k.a. Fantastic Matt, I think, um, who's uh, a, a rabid leftist SJW type, also owner of a gaming store uh, and producer of games. He got uh, assaulted in a bar, taken by surprise, sucker punched, attacked. It took four people to pull Loader off him. He fled inside the bar, at which point Loader, in a, in a furious rage, punched a window, shattering it. He was saying, I'm going to fucking kill you. And then he ran off. Um, and uh, the next day, or the day after, while Gen Con was still going on, not only did Gen Con not do anything to, you know, for the safety of Jeremy Hambly and other people, because this guy was basically saying he was going to punch anyone who who he thought would have a problem with Anita Sarkeesian, instead of kicking Loader out, they promoted his products in tweets. They were they were encouraging him and rewarding him for his bad attitude. So um, now Hambly's uh, planning to sue Loader. He's pursuing criminal charges. Uh, you can find out more about that on his YouTube channel, The Quartering. Um, but uh, we should talk about kind of the the angle of what this has to do with Gen Con, where very clearly, I mean, from from the moment that Anita Sarkeesian was selected as the guest of honor, really last year you already saw it. This year it was just they, they weren't even trying to hide it anymore. Uh, Gen Con is very, very clearly decided to orient itself to the social justice regressive left. And what does that mean in terms of the hobby and its biggest convention? Take it away, guys. I mean, it, it, it is an outlier, um, but it does represent, I think, something beyond the pale, which you know, we, sh we should be dealing with. Um, now, Jeremy, he's... A bit of an asshole, <laughs> it must be said. Not that any of that. <laughs> yeah, not that it justifies being being punched or anything. And he was uh, banned from playing Magic uh, properly, you know, in the leagues and everything, uh, because he took issue with some cosplayers out outside of conventions, outside of of playing Magic, and you know, and for that he was banned and. He's been kept out of uh, tournaments, things like that. He was just going to report on, and that's nothing compared to this. And yet, things have been conspicuously quiet about, yeah, Matt, right. Matt Fantastic. He was he was banned from Wizards of the Coast from all Wizards of the Coast events 
because he criticized the female cosplayer. He didn't, you know, he didn't run up to her. He didn't put a hand on her. He didn't say anything sexually suggestive to her. As far as I know, he was just criticizing the fact that she was, you know, he, in his opinion, that she was using her sexuality to make money off of desperate nerds or something like that. Um, And for that, because she felt unsafe because of what he said, he's banned for life from all Wizards of the Coast events. But this Matt Fantastic asshole, who, by the way, already bragged in a video about having assaulted somebody else 10 years earlier at Gen Con and now assaulted um, Hambly here and has promised he's going to keep right on punching any Nazis, by which means anyone at all that disagrees with him. Uh, he, Wizards have said nothing. They've done nothing to stop him. They, he sells their products at his store. So uh, the double standard is glaringly obvious. If you agree with Wizards, with the politics of the Seattle-Portland cabal, right, then uh, you're, you're going to have a blank check to assault anyone you want, and the gaming establishment will protect you, right? <sighs> but if you're not in the in crowd and you say the slightest thing, that somebody decides is a sign of disagreement, then you're a literal Nazi. And not only are you going to be banned for life, you deserve to be violently assaulted. Yeah. The, the lack of mentioning it, not only did Gen Con not mention it, um, but as Pundit mentioned um, on Twitter, they, you know, promoted uh, some of his products, um, the assaulter, but when people would ask on, I think, Gen Con's Twitch feed or some social media thing where people were constantly, like, chatting and, and talking about things, when people would ask, like, oh, what happened with the assault or what happened with Jeremy Hamley or the, the quartering or what's this about a bar fight I heard between two Gen Con attendees, Gen Con, like, actively, you know, banned people and threw him out of, of that chat room and, um, uh, you know, deleted, I think they deleted conversations and stuff like that and just uh, tried to hush it up as if Jeremy was like an unperson, like he didn't exist or he didn't matter enough to make a big deal about someone getting brutally assaulted and battered just a couple blocks away from the convention. I mean, a lot of people made a big deal when I mentioned it because I was upset that this had happened. I had only started watching um, the quartering his YouTube channel about a month ago when he was uh, going on about Jessica Price and how she basically blew her shit up. Um, Get woke, go broke is kind of a, a famous saying uh that i don't know if jeremy created that or not but he said he said it pretty frequently back then like a month ago um so yeah i've been watching him a little bit so i was upset and i wouldn't talk about this online on g plus or wherever my blog and a lot of people were like you know not only discounting it because he was an asshole or whatever or because wizards of the coast had some problem with him but he just, I don't know, just um, they didn't think that Gen Con was responsible, I guess, because it didn't happen during convention hours inside their building. 
But if Matt Loader is a vendor and an exhibitor and wearing his Gen Con badge while he's assaulting Jeremy, and as you said, sucker punching him, you know, he basically was like, Hey, are you Jeremy? And Jeremy kind of like from behind, and Jeremy like turned around, like put out his hand because he thought he was a fan of the, the show. He's like, Yeah, hey. And then he just, yeah, starts wailing on him, says, I'm going to fucking kill you. And Gen Con just like not only does, doesn't say anything, doesn't make a statement, doesn't warn people, but they yeah, actively hush up any kind of investigation or mention of it. It's, it was like, it's unreal. I mean, I think Jeremy feels that it's, it was a surreal experience, but even for us back at home that weren't at Gen Con, that just heard about this and then just heard the deafening silence of the people that could have stepped up, could have said something, could have made an example out of Matt Loader, could have made a statement just in general saying that this kind of violence is, is not okay. Um, but yeah, it all goes back to the Anita Sarkeesian thing. Um, why they brought her on, not only is it was a mystery, which we talked about in previous shows, but Matt Loader said in a tweet that um, anyone that had a problem with her, you know, he was ready to, to fight them. He was easy to find and basically threatening anybody that disagreed with her or criticized her for even being a, a guest of honor at Gen Con. So her being there was a direct catalyst for the violence that happened. Um, and in this case, you know, it was a social justice warrior that just popped off because, um, you know, it could have been, you know, tomorrow it could be some alt-right person. Um, you know, it's just the pol politically motivated violence that I think all of us can agree is just except not. If it was, except if it was an alt-right person, everybody, and I mean everybody, you and me and Grim and Gen Con and, and everybody would be condemning this piece of shit, right? But because it's somebody on the left, you have everybody in Gen Con, you have all of the, the, the gaming establishment protecting this guy, because that, which is the difference. This is why you can't say that those are equivalent levels of, of um, problems in our society because the alt-right neo-Nazi assholes are completely marginalized, right? There's nobody that likes them. Nobody on the right likes them. Nobody on the right protects or defends these guys. But but the extremists on the left, the guys that are willing to do political violence, the Antifa types, are constantly, constantly being protected, defended, um, and let off the hook, right? And even that shows in Jeremy's uh, attempts to get criminal charges going, where he's had all kinds of obstacles with the police department that have been uh, intentionally trying to make this go away because they don't want to look like they're, you know, defending an alt-right Nazi like Jeremy, and they know that they're going to get into all kinds of trouble with the left if they go after people on the left that engage in political violence, right? This is the same reason that you see all kinds of, um, all of the Antifa guys that are doing uh, destruction of property and assaults on people at free speech events and things like that, uh, the rate of prosecution of this is ridiculously bad. And when they are prosecuted, 
like the guy, the university professor that took a, a fucking bike lock and tried to bash a guy's brain in, right? Like they, they, it was literally a, assault with a lethal weapon. This guy got off with a fine, right? They let him off with a fine and a warning. He didn't, he's not going to serve a day of jail time. So this is the, the problem in our society is that the, um, yes, the right has certain violent extremists, but the right doesn't condone those violent extremists. The left condones its violent extremists. It condones and protects them. Yeah, I was going to mention the, the bike lock bandit getting off. That was absurd. But what, what really strikes me about Jeremy's situation is, you know, he said something mean about a cosplayer, not at an event, not at anything really remotely related to, you know, it wasn't a convention, it wasn't in a magic chat room, it wasn't anything like that. It's just in his own personal online spaces, he was saying this. And they immediately leapt on that and banned him and all the rest of it. And and yet someone gets assaulted, okay, not actually at the convention, but during the convention and over views that relate to, to games and so on. And they do nothing. Right. And have, have either of you looked at Gen Con's, um, I forget what it's called, the safety policy or what have you? It's, it, it is explicitly the rules of Gen Con itself that if someone is, uh, you know, engaging in potentially violent behavior outside of the con or has made threats or things like that, that they should be kicked out of the con, right? So to say, oh, well, this happened in a bar. It didn't happen inside the convention hall. That That's not an excuse at all. And we all know that if this had been somebody else, like I said, if, if somebody, if Anita Sarkeesian had been out there having a drink in a bar and some nerd shouted at her from across the room, you know that guy would never be going back to Gen Con again, right? They would never let him through the door, even if he was like a hundred meters away from her when he when he shouted. Sorry, fifty feet away from her for the Americans. Right? Uh, then uh, he'd still he'd still be banned for life, right? But this other this asshole violently assaults a guy, and and he's right there, and Gen Con is promoting his work, which brings yeah. us. So, like the, the ultimate conclusion here is um you venture you mentioned get woke go broke I, I know jeremy didn't invent that i'm not sure who did it might have been sargon but i don't know anyway um get woke go broke so is gen con going to get broke over this is there going to be enough of a backlash because this is the second year and and the first year which was last year gen con was already going um in a more moderate way to talking about this like social justice issue. So all their special guests were pretty much either, uh, you know, identity politics picks or, or feminist bloggers who hate gamers. Right. <laughs> and now they went this year, they invited Anita Sarkeesian and excused the violent assault and promoted his products. Right. Um, yeah. So I yes. I, is there going to be a backlash? Be, Are people not going to come next year? Yeah, there's going to be a backlash. I mean, it, even if the, the deep far left is completely infiltrated mainstream gaming culture, which I don't know if it has or not, but it seems like it's close to that. I think the pendulum always swings the other way eventually. And I think we're, this is the kind of the tipping point. I think things are either going to drastically change or 
Gen Con is not going to be what it was. Um, other conventions are going to pick up the people that they lost, um, and it's going to start shrinking, or or Gen Con's going to get its act together and recognize where they fucked up, admit it, and make amends. Uh, you know, extend an olive branch. Um, maybe get Jordan Peterson for the, for the next special guest, uh, 2019. I mean, no, it could no. happen. See, um, I don't know. I don't know if there's going to be a backlash or not, but I am betting you, I would, I would put down money right now that next year, Gen Con itself is not going to back down. They're going to double down. They're going to go, they're going to go more woke than they were this year. They're going to find a way to top themselves because they think they more woke. That's yeah, but they, my prediction. Right? More but not necessarily the first time, right? You can only like, prop that, as you say, regressive left and uh, control left, um, anti-free speech, uh, and you know, thought police and all that stuff. You can only go to that so far, especially with gaming. I mean, gaming gamers, by definition, should be more creative, more intellectual, um, more sympathetic to you know, things like censorship and other people trying to control what they think and how they behave. Uh, you would think gamers would be primed but, but, to but the you know, revolt against this kind of thing. But, but if the they're just going to toe the line and be yeah. little pawns in Gen Con's identity politics game, then yeah, I see either, either it's going to just fall or um or they'll change their tune right but i don't think that they're going to change their tune next year because i think i'm looking at the, the social media and from what i see the 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 gamers that run gen con right now and their whole little crowd they see what happened as a victory they see it as how as they won ha 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 we got away with it we beat up this 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 guy we don't like and uh, and nobody can touch us right so next year, look for them to go to, to, to try to top themselves, to go more, because they always want to go more. You can never have enough social justice in their views, right? What so, about, what, if there isn't a backlash, if there isn't a backlash of uh, Jeremy Hambly going after his attacker legally, do you think that's going to have a, a noticeable effect on that kind of violence, those kind of attacks? The social justice warriors that you know think that they're tough guys coming in and uh, harassing, threatening, beat, trying to beat up people. Because if he basically ruins Matt's life, which could very well happen, um, do you think that's going to stop a lot of these assholes and jokers from like coming out of the woodwork and just like vigilante yeah. justice? Um, or do you think that? They're going to be unfazed by that. It's hard to say, right? Because I, I think this guy's never going to see a day of jail time. That's for sure, right? But, but unfortunately, you know, it's really funny because Loader presents himself as as being this martial arts instructor. Like supposedly he's he's a certified martial arts teacher. Now, I'm sorry, but if you're a martial arts instructor, if your hands, if your fists are you know, if you're the goddamn iron fist and your 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 hands are lethal weapons, right? How the hell do you manage to sucker punch a guy from behind in the head 
and then and then pound him, jump on him, and do as little damage as you managed as he managed to do to Jeremy, where he had like a couple of bruises, and the worst injury he had was this like kind of skin burn on his arm from having his shirt torn by this guy like a little bitch, right? Like uh, he, he's it's just pathetic right so he's not going to see jail because the unfortunately well fortunately in one sense but unfortunately in the other jeremy's injuries are are not i think impressive enough for the assaults charge to to end up landing with jail time right well even a week later sorry later you can see in videos that his eyes yeah he has a bruise bruise. you know first blood vessels it's kind of gross it's red Um, yeah i dubbed it the the woke eye of Sauron. Speaking of um, that Matt Loader guy, Matt Fantastic, um, and his, yeah, it's Krav Maga or whatever training. Um, if, if you're right, and he would, under the law, be treated as a, a weapon, basically with his, his hands and feet, you know, it's martial arts. Except uh, I think he's full of shit, because I'm sorry, Krav Maga, is a, you know what Krav Maga is? It's the it's the martial art of the Israeli Defense Force, right? Like it's a hmm. it's a serious it's a very serious martial art that's focused on doing maximum possible damage, right? Um, and if and if this guy does Krav Maga, he sucks at it because the amount of damage <laughs> he did to, to, to Jeremy. Yeah, if, if he if he's an exemplar of Krav Maga, then Israel is in deep trouble. Yeah, really. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I think he, I think there's a chance that he could get prison time though. I mean, I was, I was looking at another, watching another YouTuber, um, a guy that was uh, that knew knew Jeremy and knew the situation, and uh, he's a lawyer, and he was saying that under Indiana law, that could be like a level five or level six um, felony battery. And uh, it's possible he could do like like one to three years in prison. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't get my hopes up, but, but then there's a civil suit, gonna, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna hold my breath for that, but it, it is yeah. possible. The civil suit could go one of two ways, right? Either uh, he he ends up, you know, Jeremy wins, and he ends up taking this guy for who knows how much, but probably a lot if he wins, or he loses, right? And if if he w- loses the, the suit, if Jeremy loses the suit, then you're going to see much more of this kind of violence coming from the, the SJW crowd, right? Because they're going to feel more invulnerable, right? Now, if he wins, that's not necessarily going to stop them. On the contrary, it might they might double down again because the thing is loader is kind of weird in one sense for an sjw because he he has he appears to have a real job you know like he's got business enterprises but he has resources and he has an income all of which are quite strange for most sjw <laughs> to either have trust funds or you know they right. live off welfare or they work petty jobs like seriously they did a study of antifa um last year and found out that almost everybody in Antifa is unemployed. Almost everybody, right? Like e- almost every single person. So uh, for a lot of these people, when you're out like trashing people's property at night, I mean, come on. Yeah. It's just so, like, the, the threat yeah. of a civil suit 
only matters if you have something to lose, right? Like prison time is one thing, but if, if, if the threat is, oh, if I beat up this guy that disagrees with me, uh, then they're going to take away what my, you know, my nothing, I have nothing, I have no savings, I have nothing at all. So of course, there, you know, there's nothing yeah. to lose, there, right? Right. Uh, well, I hope in the criminal case, then they make an example of him and give him prison time because yeah, these things often that's, take that's a long time. Happen, though, don't I mean, how how can you just sweep that under the rug? Um, if it was a, a bar dispute between two men that agreed, who were both drinking and agreed, like, yeah, let's fight over this girl or something. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's one thing. But that's what they're going to try to present it as a bar fight, yeah. but. Jeremy didn't throw a single punch, right? It wasn't a bar fight. It was a surprise attack, you know? Completely surprised. And, yeah, just pummeled. And over politics and games, which is just... But um, I I think it'll only have a deterrent effect if Jeremy wins and wins big, and if this guy either gets jail time or a big fine. But it takes so long to go through the system that it might be, you know, another year without knowing how that's going to turn out. And, you know, this... This already had an impact before it happened because people were worried about violence or vandalism or something like that. I mean, James Raji, he, he had extra security. Right. Um, lots of people have expressed concerns about, about this. Um, I know privately the, the scuttlebutt is that a lot of game designers are really getting more and more worried about this atmosphere now. It's not just us yeah, anti-SJWs, I guess, you know, wherever we happen to be on the political spectrum. Now it's more people. So I had a stream earlier uh, with um, Mark Ryan Hagen of, of, of Vampire fame. Yeah, he's a, he's another dyed-in-the-wall lefty like me, um, probably more more towards the woke side, and he's been horrified, and he's been being accused of being all sorts of things and getting threats they, and stuff over email. They called him a little Nazi, didn't they? They did, and it's just absolutely absurd. So that, that document that linked Vampire the Masquerade with actual Nazism is, is, was that brought up? Yeah, the the fourteen eighty eight dice rolls, whatever it was, it's, that's absurd too. But yeah, it's yeah, he's he's upset and angry. I'm upset and angry, and we hope that this will be some kind of turning point against this nonsense. But given everything I've seen over the last, what, eight years, <laughs> this has been going on with me in one form or another. Given everything I've seen, I'm not, I'm not that hopeful. I, I hope this is a turning point, and I'm going to try and make sure it is. But, yeah, it is horrifying. On the one hand, I don't want to give in to these people. On the other hand... Yeah, I'm incredibly wary about going to conventions now. I, or, I already was. Uh, this has made me more wary, but that's that's what they want. I guess the only silver lining is that this has completely overshadowed whatever nonsense Sarkeesian said at the con- convention. Yeah, nobody I nobody even noticed word of what she said. Um, yeah. and if Gen Con doesn't like hurry up and make some sort of big statement denouncing this. You know, even if I, w- I, I hadn't decided before last week if I was even going to plan on going to Gen Con in 2019. That 19 would have been the, the soonest I could have gone. But unless things, like, totally change for me, 
like fuck no i'm i'm yeah. not going and one one last thing i think let me say one last thing um and then maybe if you guys want we could move on yeah. to a different topic um i did reach out to um uh, jeremy hambley and uh he did say that he was interested in coming on the show um a little bit down the road when he's kind of finished taking care of business because uh, he's obviously very busy with the impending, you know, legal matter. Uh, so that's cool. Um, the quartering and the pundit together in one place. <laughs> Heads will explode. <laughs> yeah. the, the two biggest internet shitlords. Um, yeah, combining and might create a whole new universe. We don't know. Right? <laughs> uh, but well, you guys... Before the show started, you guys said that you didn't see the Joe Mantegna and Stephen Colbert. Mantegna, um, is it? I, I don't know how you pronounce it. Spot. Before, before we get into that, Benjamin, let me just yeah. uh, mention one more thing about this this subject. Right? I, yeah. Unfortunately, Gen Con is not going to back out. They're going to double down. And the problem is it's not just Gen Con, right? It's the whole system. The whole system is screwed, right? Because... Look at, you know, there's the there's an upcoming game convention, PAX, I think it is, where Matt Loader is a guest of honor. He's going to be speaking at that convention. I don't and, think, and they've done nothing to remove him. They're they're going I to, they, as far I as we can will. see, PAX is going to have him on. There's going to be protests because this, this story is picking up speed and it's being carried by more and more reputable, larger news. Yeah. This, you know, websites and, and stations, and I think before before PAX happens, I think it's going to get the kind of recognition where people are going to come out come out come out in force and protest. If I didn't have, you know, my own career and my family, which I'm like anchored to with my five kids, I would consider going and just fucking protesting if they didn't do something about Matt Loader. Uh, if he was just allowed to let it be let in without any kind of, you know, yeah, if they just said nothing, they said nothing, they did nothing, that would be unconscionable to me. And I would fucking go there and I would protest the shit out of that place. I would just stand outside with my own picket sign and protest, um, even if I was the only one. Um, I, I hope so. Hope that, something like that happens. I with other people, you know, I don't want anyone to, to do anything fucking crazy or illegal, but you know, uh, if PAX does nothing or future conventions, gaming conventions do nothing. And somehow this guy, this Matt Loader, Matt fantastic slips by the slips through the cracks. I think everybody that cares about these issues need to come out in full force and barrage the convention with emails and tweets and other social media things, and then maybe go there and like oh, protest with signs, maybe a big sign that says "Shame on you," whatever gaming convention. This isn't right. Justice for Jerry Hambley. Uh, a little he just, hashtag. He just proved the left can't Something. <laughs> Shame on you. You can be a little <laughs> more creative than that, but anyway, the the you're right. I mean, uh, the thing we have to do because my my point is, if the whole system is screwed, what you have to do is disrupt the system, right? And nobody, none of us are pro are proposing any kind of violence. That's not the way, right? We all agree on that. The but the answer is that these guys have got to be 
shown that they can't um they can't have their way in this way right and 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 that means uh using the same alinsky style tactics that they've used against them right to to disrupt at every turn until something is done right to keep to keep pressuring and shaming and exposing this bullshit right which is you know kind of what the the quartering did with with wizards of the coast when he exposed how many of their magic the gathering judges you know who work around kids playing magic the gathering uh had are convicted sex offenders you know <laughs> so this is uh this is the way to get at them right is to keep exposing their hypocrisy to keep exposing their um totalitarianism and to keep making it clear that there's this kind of silent majority of gamers that don't want this yeah this, okay, this you're, is you're the violent, it's, it's too far yeah 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 absolutely yeah. Should well, we move on? This is a bit depressing. <laughs> yeah. Avenger, so you, you saw this Colbert thing. I, ha I haven't seen it. Do you want to tell us what it was? Sure. Um, so, Joe, who's married to Sofia Vergara, the, uh, she's a sexy, voluptuous um, his, Hispanic actress like modern family i think that's what she's in and like she's in movies and and things like that i know her more than i know him he was in true blood and um the one with like the sexy chippendale dancers <coughs> Channing or channing tatum or whatever uh it eludes me but anyway they're both pretty pretty big actors celebrities uh in america and um so Joe is coming out with this new line of clothing, which is then called Death Saves. And like, for instance, the shirt, it's got like Death Saves right here. And then in the back, it's got the fifth edition D&D &D, uh, rules, uh, a variety of rules from meat grinder to normal play, uh, Death Saves, and you got to roll D20, you know, a couple, three times and get a certain number to whatever. Um, I don't play with those kind of rules, even though I like fifth edition, but, um, so he was promoting his clothing line and they were both talking about D and D because Stephen Colbert is a big gamer, big Lord of the Rings nerd. Um, Stephen Colbert actually said Cthulhu. He actually voiced, uh, you know, the dread Lord's name, um, <laughs> which is you know, pretty crazy for me. He was describing a mind flare because uh, Joe also has this epic level um, dungeon gaming room in his basement uh, where I guess he and other celebrities out in California in Beverly Hills play D&D. &D. And uh, he's got like dragon heads and a mind flare head and Stephen Colbert is like, oh yeah, it's like a reference to Cthulhu. And they're talking about all kinds of D, D stuff and even oh one of the greatest parts was uh because colbert hasn't really played since college so probably maybe second edition and he was asking joe what people roll these days for fifth edition to create a character do you still roll uh 3d6 six times like in order to get your character stats and Joe's like, well, no, now it's a, now really you uh, you roll forty six, drop the lowest. And Colbert just looked at him. He's like, that's for children. 
<laughs> like, come on. <laughs> We're talking about like actual D D, you know, for real men. That's no, you go three D six in order. That's otherwise, you know. <laughs> otherwise you're just like, you know, what are you in third grade? It was funny. It was a, a nice exchange. It went on like for nine minutes. Um which is awesome because you know the the whole gaming D and D role playing, yeah, it's becoming more popular, which is awesome because um, this hobby has been in the dark ages for so long. Uh, you know, people just consider you did consider you a nerd, or just didn't consider you at all because you played Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but now it's kind of cool and kind of hip, which comes with its own downside, obviously. Um, and the whole community thing, I know, Pundit, you're kind of have some words about that, but it's just cool that, um, you know, it's becoming more well-known and kind of hip and cool and not a stigma that you play Dungeons and Dragons. Like now it's, you know, you could maybe say that to a girl and she'd like be interested in playing. Whereas back in the eighties or the nineties, she would just walk right past you to the football player. You didn't know the right girls, man. I didn't know any girls. I literally, <laughs> I literally didn't have a girlfriend until I was like 26. That's that's quite the admission. That's so sad. But then, as a true nerd, I just read up on basically being a pickup artist. I studied and I I researched and I read books and books and books, and I became a pickup artist. And before I hang, hang before I hang up, hung up my uh, my dating hat and got married um, from twenty six to about thirty six. In those ten years, I had sex with about two hundred women. So you, you could admit you didn't have a girlfriend until you were twenty six if you follow up with that. Yes, <laughs> that it works. Went from really, really sad to really awesome slash creepy if you think that's just like a horrible thing uh having sex with that many women in, in a space of 10 years which some people probably do but whatever um i enjoyed myself and i really uh, i really can't time. Imagine, because my my college years were a drug and sex fueled haze and uh <laughs> and uh i i remember at one point one of my my friends was also at that time the son of my city, Edmonton's uh, biggest marijuana dealer, um, which was he was the cause of me being perpetually high all through you all through university. Uh, he described me as a man slut, so uh, you know <laughs> I, I'm 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 going to be the last person to judge you. you know, love is the law. <laughs> That's right, love under will, bitch. There we go. <laughs> and as for me, I'm pure as the driven snow, pure and virginial. <laughs> and unsullied and completely vanilla. Like the queen. <laughs> <clears throat> yes. Less said about that, the better. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, let's change topics here before this becomes an alpha blue live play session. All right. <laughs> and then, so, uh, and then did, uh, Grim, did you have a, uh, did you just, have a topic for the evening? I um, didn't really. Uh, <laughs> following up on the on the Hambly thing, I was kind of uh, the thing with Mark Reinhagen kind of fell together, and so that's all I've been thinking about 
really. Um, but what you're saying about um, gaming becoming popular also jibes with some some things we were we were discussing earlier, in that that as it becomes more socially acceptable and so on, the the culture shifts. I think there used to be this common bond of being bullied and and treated badly and gaming being a, a safe haven away from that away away from the world away from the the politics and the bullying and you know the popular obsessions and so on and that's changing as it becomes more mainstream acceptable and i think we're losing that and i think that contributes to the disagreements and uh the the intensity of nastiness within gaming that we no longer have that common experience that common bond i don't know whether you guys would agree with me i guess to a certain extent like for from my point of view i i think that uh, if there's a change that happens because of the popularity of the game and that's an and it's an organic change right and what you see is just that there's mm. a wider amount of people that are playing um that's probably that's probably fine, right? Like, I mean, I've been gaming long enough that I was, when I started, when I just started gaming, um, D&D was still a mainstream popular game. It was a sort of like back then you could, you know, buy D&D box sets at Sears or, you know, uh, Woolworths or whatever, right? Um, and I remember distinctly that when I started gaming, you know, right at the, just at the the end of elementary school, beginning of, of junior high, um, I was pretty much the nerdiest kid in my gaming group, right? Most of the other people in that group or in that circle were, you know, these kind of heavy metal guys, and there was a couple of girls, and you know, and it was it was it was pretty mainstream, right? And mm. then within, by the time I was in high school, so like three or four years later, I was by far the least nerdy guy in my group right and i hadn't really changed all that much i think i i i I'd, I'd gotten a little cooler maybe but only a little uh but i i what i saw was that you know a whole bunch of people that used to be playing stopped playing because it, it stopped being a mainstream thing and turned into a kind of a exclusively nerd hobby and uh it was that way pretty much ever since until I came to South America, because here that never happened. And here you have this wide variety of people that game. And it was never just an exclusive, like there isn't really an, um, there are, there are of course some South American nerds who are like the classic nerd figure that, <laughs> that we all know. Right. And that, that game, but those don't dominate the, the pool of the, or the social network of the hobby. Right. There's a lot of, completely normal people that game here, right? And uh, I don't think that's something to be afraid of. I, I've never been uh, a huge fan of the more insular characteristics of nerd culture, this kind of us versus them or the, the um, you know, the social awkwardness of it or, or any of that. Um, and and it's, it's often also led to a lot of problems, right? These kind of the nerd social rules where where you excuse a bunch of crappy behavior um, or bad hygiene or anything, all this sort of stuff, um, because you were picked on in high school or something like that, right? I, I don't, I don't buy that. That's necessary. Now, I can get that some people could feel like the the culture itself is changing in such a way that makes them feel less comfortable. But um, 
I, I don't I think that we have to separate that from the more specific element of you know the the SJW crowd trying to um, specifically change the hobby artificially, not organically, right? This kind of attempt of social engineering of the hobby as part of their larger campaign of their culture war, you know, against Western society or whatever. Um, those are two different things. I think it's perfectly great that you have more and more regular people playing D&D. I want as many people as possible to play D&D. What I don't want is the, the culture to change because a tiny group of pseudo-intellectual leftist elitists think they should be in charge. Right, mm-hmm. which goes into the whole gatekeeping thing. I think the more popular the game gets, the more people see restricting how people play or how people think of the game or who plays and who doesn't, uh, you know, it makes them feel like some sort of petty dictator where finally they're in charge of something or some people and, you know, it just goes straight to their head. Um, and they become the gatekeepers, which is ironic because a lot of people generally, I think on the far left, uh, they keep mentioning like, oh, but really gaming is so terrible because of the of the gatekeeping, which they say is uh, it's not inclusive or, you know, women aren't allowed in or. Uh, racism or you know nobody mm. cares about minorities or something like that whereas you know really gamers in my experience and everything I've heard of uh, nobody cares I mean if, if women want to play if minorities want to play if you know gay well, people that's, trans that's people crime. Uh, it that's, doesn't matter that's, you know, anybody can play um, and it's the left that are saying like, oh, well, you know, they jump into the threads that you're having a thread like James Raggy could be talking about like how awesome the gaming is now because anybody has the opportunity to publish anything really they want within reason. Yeah. They just have to have a few resources or like half a brain. And then what, uh, this Kyle Chenier guy uh, or whatever his name is, um, or others jump into the thread. You know, this happened like a month ago and it was just like, oh, but gaming is so terrible and toxic because of all these personalities and all these gatekeepers. And, you know, it's so exclusive and, you know, the old school, I know they want to play it both ways. Like the OSR, they want to be friends and, market to the old school renaissance but at the same time they're like oh but these are terrible people because they keep all these people out of gaming and they're harassing people and doing all this which nobody is nobody's this doing is, that but this Maybe is 1% exactly. of you know gamers are this, actively assholes you know to other people at the table but this is that in any walk of life so this is this is exactly the the crime though from their point of view, Avengers. That that gamers don't care what race or gender or sexuality you are. They just care if you game or not. That right. we think well, that's good, right? But no, they think that's bad. That's the way that you're being, you know, that you're being wrong right. is by not caring about these things because to right. them, 
your your sin is that you're not constantly obsessing over race, gender, and sexuality. Right. right? It's, it's identity politics first, and then game second. Yeah. Right, right. Games should be a propaganda vehicle for the social indoctrination of the SJW values. That's what they want, right? So the fact that we are actually inclusive and don't give a crap about what any gamer's politics or sexuality or, or gender or race are is, in fact, the sin that they are trying to purge us of, right? Right. So yeah, hopefully everybody tuning in knows what the, the struggle is real, guys. And we deal with this all the time. Pundit probably more than Grim and I because, you know, we're kind of center-left people most of the time. Um, so we, maybe we get the, just a little bit of this. But, and Pundit gets a whole lot because, you know, he's farther to the right. But, yeah, it's like a whole cultural, you know, we're constantly barraged by... Yeah, they want to make gaming into some politics, feel good, you know, social justice. And it's not. It's about games and gaming and hanging out with people and actually role playing. And yeah, they're like taking it and twisting it, and they have the stranglehold. And yeah, you know, Gen Con's fallen. Yeah. What's next? Yeah, and they don't just go and make their own games. They feel like they have to interfere in right. everyone else's stuff. No, you must write a game in a way that conforms to the way I like it. Right. Yeah, or, or you can't sell it, or we'll we'll downvote it into oblivion and, and review bomb you and get it censored. And you know, rather than adding, it's it's taken away. Um, say social justice warrior on N World uh, yeah. without being banned. Or yeah. threatened or warned. Told, told off. Yeah, I was told yeah. off. I said and of it. course, uh, you know, the big RPG.net is notorious for, you yes. know. I don't know why anyone would be on either of those forums when the RPG site exists, right? Like, stop, <laughs> going, stop going to RPGnet. Go to the RPGsite.com where yeah. you have free speech about RPG topics. I'm there lurking every once in a while. Yeah, same Waiting lurking. For someone to review one of my books. <laughs> <laughs> there is a, there is one other thing um, we could talk about. It's a sort of the, the last segment. Um, I know you've you've been feuding with Jonathan Tweet, and I also know that a new edition of Over the Edge is coming out, which I I think is a great game. Uh, your argument is over apparently whether it's a, a story game or not. I would say it's towards a story game, but not not quite one. Uh, well, very very influential game, very interesting, very important. I think, at least from a designer's perspective, it's kind of um, a surreal mystery investigation thing on a on a fictional island where weird stuff happens, and you can play just about anything. Uh, so I'm I'm glad to see a new edition coming out. I think it's a great game. But w what is this? We should have a segment. Who is pundit feuding with this week? <laughs> <laughs> It, it seems like there is. There's always one, isn't there? Yeah. So what's <laughs> what's the deal there? I okay. Probably have, I probably have to go. So okay. Well, well before before you go, Benjamin, and probably comment, um, maybe do a video of my own on based on what you guys are talking about because I have a. I have, I have a question for you before you go, though. Yeah. All right, because this this leads into this subject in 2016. Oh. 
there was this this hashtag that was promoted by a whole bunch of lefty game designers, right? That was called Gamers for Her, right? Which was all these gamers declaring and pressuring other game designers, you know, game designers declaring and and pressuring other game designers to join the list of declaring their allegiance to Hillary Clinton. And you're famously the one person in our show who supported Hillary Clinton. I wanted to know if you were actually on that list. Did you join Gamer for Her? You no. did not. <laughs> because Jonathan Tweet was one of the architects of that. And apparently that's the source of part of his feud with me is that I was one of the people that spoke out the loudest against it. And of course they were all like, telling game designers, look, you better join up to this. You better sign up to this list or else, you know, you're once she wins, because we all know she's going to win, then you're going to, you know, you're going to be right out of the hobby when, when, you know, we, we take control thanks to glorious Hillary Clinton. Right. <laughs> and, and I stood up to it. Didn't she win that election? <laughs> she did not. <laughs> she did not. And they were all surprised. And the thing is, I opposed the hashtag when the election was happening. I, I spoke out loudly against it because she was someone who advocated the censoring of games when she was a senator. She tried to pass laws to censor video games, right? And here, so I was criticizing it during the election. And of course, after the glorious victory of Trump to make America great again, uh, I mocked the shit out of all these people, right? And that's the beginning of where Jonathan Tweet was pissed off with me, apparently. So, so anyway, regarding Over the Edge, uh, I love Over the Edge, the, the original game. I, it's one of my favorite games. All right, we'll see you later, Avenger. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> Take that care. Good show. It's no. good that you're right. Let me stay longer this time. Let's hope that we can continue this. You guys have to support inappropriate characters on Patreon if you want Venger to get to stay longer. See, we had a couple of new patrons and he got to stay uh, almost an hour now. So that's uh, you want me to stay up past eight thirty. You have to send money, otherwise it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, he needs Hagen Dust to bait the wife trap. It innovative as a system. It was it was just a tremendously good game, right? So my problem isn't with Over the Edge, the original game. My problem is that the new um, edition of Over the Edge that they're making is completely changing the system to make it into more of a story game, right? Like the mechanics that they're using are basically story game mechanics. Oh, that's and a shame. The setting is also being changed. They say it's being updated for 2018. Now, Alamarja, the, the island, the setting was this kind of, you know, island dictatorship, like this weird, like there's a whole bunch of elements there from like Kafka and the beat, beat literature. Um, and one of it is like this, it, there's this kind of anti, um, anti-authoritarian, anti-establishment vibe to it, where it like, you know, uses these kind of, um, you know, this, the, it's one of these ridiculous types of uh, um imposing bureaucracies and dictatorships uh, like stuff out of brazil you know brazil and stuff like that right like the the it, it was enormously clever because it was political without being like topical to the age right it wasn't it wasn't like uh i don't know a parody of newt gingrich or something like that whatever was was the politics of the time right it was it was much yeah. more universal than that and that's part of what made it so good right and still topical to this day 
but apparently they're kind of updating the setting too. And, and you know, given uh, tweets, very clear case of Trump derangement syndrome, you can tell that the updates are all going to be along the lines of the social justice left. And probably you're going to see a bunch of stuff that is just, you know, really the, the type of ridiculous, shallow parodies of, uh, of what they envision the evil of Trumpism to be today, right? Like that, that is that you're seeing all over pop culture where we're, you know, almost everything in media today is somehow a metaphor for the evils of Trump, right? So instead of this really intelligent, sophisticated setting, we're going to get just this kind of ridiculous propaganda piece that's going to be, you know, irrelevant in, you know, 10 or 15 years when Ivanka Trump is president. Right? <laughs> so, so, you know, it's just, uh, it's, it's just silly. And, and I criticize that. I criticize the fact that they're putting story game mechanics in it. And, it, and I did all this on the RPG site. And apparently Jonathan Tweet is one of these. There's a lot of people in the game design world that secretly read the RPG site, right? Some of whom I know do this because they've told me, but they never post uh, because they're scared of the consequences of being seen on the RPG site by their their fellow, you know, Seattle liberals um, and others who I didn't know for sure. Um, but I guess Tweed is one of them because he posted a response on social media to what I said in like page 12 of a thread on on Over the Edge on the RPG site. And uh, he basically said that uh, Over the Edge was always a story game because, you know, you get to you don't have attributes and instead you get to pick, you know, whatever attributes you want. Right. Which is. Yeah. That's proof that he doesn't know what a story game is, right? That has nothing to do with whether a game is a story game or not, right? A story game is if you, as the player, get to to use points or mechanisms of some kind to alter the reality of the universe or the plot. And there was nothing of that in the original Over the Edge, right? There's no mechanic by which you get to, to change the results of the world around you. You are absolutely immersing in a character living in a virtual world that you have no control over, which is what happens in a role-playing game and not a story game, right? But yeah, it's, it's absent that kind of uh, resting of narrative control from the GM. It's a very innovative RPG, but it's completely an RPG, right? And yeah. the, the funniest part, though, is that Jonathan Tweet, for whatever reason, chose to lie and claim that he couldn't talk about this with me directly because after 2016, when, when he did Gamers for Her, I blocked him on social media, which is a complete lie. He blocked me. He blocked me all over his social media. I've never blocked him anywhere. But he chose to say as if I was the one that blocked him, which is just, it's, I, I can't understand why he'd do that. I mean, I guess because he wants to look like he's the one that that is trying to dialogue and I'm the one that's that's blocking, right? Which is... Yeah, but yeah. It, it's strange because usually leftists are very proud of blocking people that, that disagree with them, right? I guess he wanted to seem like like he was, you know, the rational one. Maybe yeah, he's he's a big time atheist guy. He wrote a, a children's story about evolution. So maybe he's still, you know, he's got some of that background of the, you know, the atheist crowd usually believe in in rational debate on subjects. And I think he thought he'd look bad if he revealed that he was the one that blocked me and refuses to to debate me. Right? Yeah, he, he may have just misremembered, of, of course, but doesn't Old seem age usually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
the over the edge system you you can you can get the system for free and it's under an open license now uh it's called warp that's right uh, it's on it's on the atlas game site so if anyone wants to check it out um you can go and do that i'll probably put it in the show notes afterwards if anyone wants to wants to check I'm- it i've I'm planning to use it in a couple of future projects. So, well, I'm, yeah. I'm very tempted now. I might just have to make an RPG using the original over the edge system. Yeah, it, it, it was really good. I mean, um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a difference between that and a story and a story game. But I do think the, the, the sheer openness and the use of descriptive terms is kind of, it's nudging in that direction. It's, it's kind of, it's definitely contributed to, that that side of gaming, I think. Did it potentially inspire some people? Well, maybe you know, but but it, yeah. it's 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 not. In, there's nothing in the mechanics that makes it a story game. And yeah. like many of these innovative games, and nice, like Amber, right? Amber was not a story game in any way, shape, or form. It was an incredibly innovative game. Yeah, but it was an RPG. Hmm. But so yeah, yeah I might just have to make uh, people have to let me know now if they want me to to make an over the edge rules game <laughs> like this license, um, and then I'll I'll dedicate it to Jonathan Tweed or to I'll dedicate it to, to Jonathan Tweed and Donald Trump. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> You're such a troll. <laughs> you really. Are. <laughs> um, was was there anything else we wanted to to talk about? Do you think, or are we about about done for this week? I guess so. Uh, yeah, I think we've we've covered most of the bases, right? <laughs> yeah. So uh, we've pretty much we've had our our hour, which we aim for for the show. Keep it reasonably punchy. So yeah. Um, do you want to do the do the shilling for <laughs> for the channel? So once again, if you want us to be able to someday finish a show with Avengers still here, please support us. <laughs> It is the, the Venger Satanist staying up late fund. <laughs> and, uh, yes. of course, if we get enough patrons, we'll start doing more shows uh, per month. Um, and uh, if you like this sort of thing, then you've got to support us, right? And if, if for some reason you can't uh, support us with Patreon dollars, you can support us by sharing this video and, and sharing our channel with anyone you think would want to watch us. So be sure to promote it. And yeah. uh, course, check out Grim's uh, YouTube channel and my YouTube channel. I don't remember if Benjer has a YouTube channel, but if he, he does, he does. Yeah. Uh, yeah, check out all three. I, they I should be linked. <laughs> they should be linked from the landing page for for this channel, so you can go and ch- check them out there and sub to them. Uh, we're over two hundred and fifty subs now, which is pretty good growth for a for a niche channel. Um, but we'd like to get over a thousand so that you can monetize at some point. So yeah, spreading the word's the best thing people can do to help us out. That's right. To help us and to help the cause. <laughs> <laughs> and to get Pundit a better microphone. Yeah, maybe. At some point. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, thanks for listening everyone, and we'll see you all next time. Take care. And we're out.